You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 133. It's the middle of October of 2017. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We're here to run down, and I do mean run down, a WWE <laughs> Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, a very questionable edition of Monday Night Raw, and we'll talk about a fairly uh, unremarkable SmackDown, uh, except <laughs> more fallout from that, the aforementioned pay-per-view took place on that SmackDown show. Let's just start with big picture thoughts on the pay-per-view, Liam. Uh, Hell in a Cell on Sunday. I enjoyed the opener. It's a spectacle. I found the rest of the show boring. What did you think of the show as a whole? Yeah, that about covers it. Um, Opener was awesome. One of the best WWE matches of the whole year, I thought. And I think as far as at least in-ring goes, The Usos and New Day is probably the, the feud of the year. Um, for mm-hmm. WWE at least, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, big thumbs up to those guys. They 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 were awesome, and everybody, everybody on Twitter at once, myself included, basically went, "Wow, this is a mistake to put this in the opener because nothing's going to follow that." And we were all right, guys. Because um, yeah, the rest of the show was was pretty boring. Obviously, you got your big stunts and your big crowd pops in the uh, in the main event. So as we'll get, we'll get to the specifics of that later, but uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was like a terrible show, but I don't think there's not much beyond that opener that I would perhaps ever consider going back and watching a second time. In fact, there is nothing except that opening match. I would ever go back and watch a second time. They managed to go to like 1135 or 1140 PM or something. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> And like the last 40 minutes of that was Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens having, I mean, I just watched that. Anyway, we'll get there. Uh, I don't necessarily need to run down the show match by match. They kept the title on Jinder Mahal, who was then not even on SmackDown this week. They uh, flipped the tag titles in the opener and then had Gable and Benjamin win a number one contenders match on SmackDown. Uh, Baron Corbin won the U.S. title, um, pinning Dillinger at the pay-per-view, and then beat AJ Styles clean, and in a Brian Alvarez moment, threatened to buy a boat or something and float on, <laughs> on float on a river of of smart tears or something like that. I don't know. And uh, yeah, and then uh, Natalia beat Charlotte, or rather, Charlotte beat Natalia. The WWE app did the same thing and sent sent a notification saying that. Uh, Natalia won. She did not. <laughs> she retained her title. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, uh, obviously, uh, KO beat Shano in the, uh, in the, that wild main event. Uh, good lord. That thing. Let's just talk about that. I don't really want to talk about the rest of that show. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, Shane the Shooter was on, in full effect on that show. Do you have any specific comments or is it just more in vitriol? Okay. I mean, like 
So the things that people seem to like about Sheen, let's, I'm going to try to analyze this for a moment. Um, God knows why. But so people like that he jumps off a high thing, as, as Stephanie McMahon once said on Raw, they like that he panders to them and he likes that he falls off of high structures. Correct. Um, so everybody knows that spot's coming. And in fact, we actually got two of them as Owens took a bump off the side of the cell. And then, uh, and then Shane did the big elbow drop off off the tape off to the table. So it's like, okay, we know we're going to get that. That's what everybody's there to. Anyone that bought a ticket for that show, and despite what the what the announcers repeatedly said, it was not sold out. Um, anyone that was there who went there to see Shane McMahon wrestle, one went to see him jump off of the cage, uh, or went to see him do something nuts or crazy. They did not pay or want to pay to see him do like a wrestling match which is what the first 25 minutes of this was yeah. uh you know and he's, it's just it's everything that i you know that we always talk about with shane man matches it's terrible punches and uh and not very good mma and he did his coast to coast move and uh managed to avoid kicking his his quarry in the balls this time um and uh, and then yeah, him and Owens just went back and forth forever, and then they finally you know they went on top of the cage, did all those spots trying to make you think they were going to go through the roof of the cell, um, before finally doing the two big spots at the end. So yeah, my thought is just okay. Everybody just wanted to see that one big spot. So you could have done a sprint here. You could have wrestled for eight minutes and then done your big spots and finish. And I don't think people would have felt ripped off. Because all they want to see from Shane McMahon is to see him fall off of high things, right? Yeah, and then you wouldn't also you wouldn't have a gassed, blown up forty seven year old guy doing all this climbing and jumping all off of stuff when he's all gassed out. <laughs> that, poor, that poor guy, <laughs> he turned rock shades of red and purple. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's it's really not fair to that guy to ask him to do that at 47 years old. Well, yeah, that was the thing. When they when they did the spot where Owens went off the side and fell through the table and Shane climbed down, uh, and, they, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, they're going to make Shane climb up there a second time before he does his jump? Uh, yeah, that was – yeah, I think that was – it was just – it was not laid out well. I don't know who lays out. Shane's matches, how much say that Shane has himself. But yeah, that did not need to go. It went like 35 minutes or something ridiculous like that. Might have been closer to 40. Um, so yeah, it was just it was just too long. And like, so even if you like Shane McMahon, um, like all you want to see is the big spot. So you could have done a six minute main event, still done your big spots and your big finish. Nobody would have been disappointed. But much like that Undertaker match. Now, this was better than that Undertaker match with Shane. I will, I will give it credit there. Um, <laughs> that's the lowest praise I've ever given anything. Yeah, um, Kevin Owens is better than a 51-year-old Undertaker with a bad hip. Correct. Uh, hot takes all over the show. But, uh, yeah, this was, this was just – it was just too long, and I don't want to see – and beyond my personal hatred for Shane McMahon as a television character, I don't want to see, like, an almost 50-year-old guy – get really hurt, especially when his kids are sitting in the front row. Like that's, that's just not fun. It's not fun television for me. And the issue now is they've set the bar 
the as you mentioned, the expectation is that Shane is going to jump off the top of a cell. <laughs> like, right. And the the first time they went up there and then they started to climb down, the crowd booed. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> you, oh. But in, in a certain uh, sense, you're exactly right. They were conditioned to expect that. The bar has been set. In cell matches with Shane, somebody's going off the top. I wish they would have gone through the top, even though Foley says, you know, he hurt himself worse taking that bump. And I think the new cell is even higher than the one that Foley went through, which is maybe why they don't do (laughs) stuff through the roof of the cell anymore. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. That was the Sami Zayn heel turn. Uh, I wasn't sure how they would play this off on television, but it is, in fact... Sami Zayn heel turn. I thought Sami Zayn was like, I don't know, Bailey, Ricky Steamboat, a character sting, despite Vince Russo's best efforts. So it was just a character that you that you could never turn heel. And yet somehow they have believably, reasonably executed a Sami Zayn heel turn. What do you think of this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, as you mentioned he's like the most likable guy in the world. He's, uh, but he's, you know, whatever, about a year ago or so, he got the reputation of, you know, kind of poking and prodding people backstage, probably because he's, because he's one of like the three people in that company who's willing to apparently speak up when they come up with these dumb ideas for people. And he, he would be like the one that actually was like asking them, okay, well, why am I doing this? What am I going to be doing next? Um, and that apparently pissed them off so much that they decided to make his character on TV while still a baby face, the annoying guy that everybody hated. Um, so it's like, well, they haven't done anything with him for a year. They beat him like a drum. I think his last television appearance uh, before getting beat up by Owens a few weeks ago was, uh, was losing to Aiden English. So yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's at this point even I, and it's very similar to what we talked about with uh, the heel turn uh, of Enzo Amore a few weeks ago. Um, the mostly heel turn. He still does his catchphrases and stuff. So I guess we were both right. We were both, yeah, we were right, both right on that <laughs> argument. Um, but anyway, uh, where they decided they don't like the guy backstage, and so they would do everything they could to sabotage him on television. Uh, so yeah, but at this point, they treat their heels really well. Like he'll probably be more over as a baby face as a heel than he was as a you know as an actual baby face. So he'll probably get to win a lot now. He'll probably be on television regularly in top programs. Like yeah, this is probably a really good news for Sami Zayn's career. Yeah, uh, it's good. It's always good to be a heel in WWE, as evidenced by Baron Corbin beating AJ Styles clean on SmackDown. Clean as a sheet. He pinned him clean as a sheet with his hold. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where we're going. I mean, Ginger was not on SmackDown. Nakamura and Orton worked uh, Rusev and Aiden English in a tag. I assume, I, I, I don't know, I, I would assume that we're getting a, uh, perhaps a new challenger for Ginger and maybe getting the AJ out of the U.S. title picture is part of that. But do you have any outrage in you about AJ losing to Baron or is it just kind of par for the course at this point? I mean, I mean, if you just think about SmackDown as a show right now, your champions 
are Baron Corbin and Jinder Mahal. This is this is that's where we are. Um, yeah, I don't. I've said it a million times on the show. I I've never seen anything in Baron Corbin besides his height. Uh, you know, he's not an embarrassingly bad worker. He's not terrible or anything. But there's just to me, there's nothing that there's nothing special. There's nothing that screams superstar about Baron Corbin. Um, superstar in, in, in the WWE meaning or otherwise. But I mean, it's <laughs> so yeah. I wasn't I wasn't exactly excited about him winning the title, but. Um, if it gets AJ away from like him and Ty Dillinger level guys, that's probably for the best. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's all I pretty much got on Baron. Mon- Monday Night Raw. Uh, to me, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to get into, but th- this Finn Balor Bray Wyatt stuff. This has been on my mind all 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 week, and. This is some of the dirt worst stuff that this company has ever, ever, ever done. And I was thinking about this, and it's like, okay, the Bray Wyatt is Sister Abigail thing. Well, like at this point, like who, who? It can't possibly be any worse than just the regular old Bray Wyatt stuff. So, who cares? But Finn Balor going out there and standing in the ring and having to give facial reactions to Sister Abigail, and then having to cut these serious moody intense promos with Renee backstage talking about how oh Bray's unleashed something here with sister Abigail I'm not sure it's like can you imagine like 2007 smug baby face Triple H uh, <laughs> responding to that it's like do you think Triple H would have delivered a sincere response to that in, in a promo it's like no Triple H would have gone out there and laughed it off in the ring. First of all, he would have said, I'm not doing that crap. <laughs> Second of all, if if he somehow lost that argument with himself slash Vince and went out there and did that crap anyway, he'd be out there rolling his eyes, and then he would laugh it off, and he would cut a complete comedy promo on Bray backstage. Instead, Finn Balor, who apparently is still in line to face Brock for the Universal title at Survivor Series, apparently that's still on the books, He's got to go out there and sell this stuff. Oh, that's that was the worst thing on Raw. The, oh, the Shield got back together, and and Neville might have Neville might have quit. Uh, I, let's uh, the way to bury the lead. Uh, what are your Monday Night Raw thoughts? I guess since I brought up the Balor stuff, if you want to touch on that first, and then I guess let's talk about the Shield getting back together since we've only been yelling about that for three years. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't much. Add too much to uh, what you said about Balor and, and Bray. You're absolutely right. Um, I, uh, I I tweeted out that it it makes the Ultimate Warrior and Papa Shango feud look good. It makes Oof. Hulk Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom look like Shawn Michaels versus the Undertaker. Like it makes, <laughs> you know, it's 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 terrible, man, and. <laughs> yeah, making Bray Wyatt the guy who's if if Finn Balor is indeed going on to face uh uh I'm serious. If Finn if Finn Balor is going to face Brock Lesnar, this is this is just terrible. Like he's he's got to be spo- he's about to fight like the most legit <laughs> badass dude in like in the history of this carny sport 
and he's spending time running around with guys making mean faces and using spooky voices. It's just, it's just bad, man. It just sucks. Hey, but uh, they've decided to to uh, in, in their they've they've played their no pun intended Trump card in trying to get Ro- the people to like Roman, and it's, they've they've reunited the Shield. They've put they've linked Roman with two baby faces. They've reunited the most popular trio, the most popular stable WWE stable probably of all time. Will this work? Are you happy to see the shield back together? I really don't care that much after <laughs> clamoring for three years for for this. Yeah, I don't. I don't know quite what it was. Maybe it's because they're coming back to wrestle the Miz. Um, that could be part of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I liked what they did, and you know what? If you just had the shield come out and beat up dudes three times a show every week, maybe that would be better. If, if once, maybe once they get into a rhythm and maybe if we start getting some really good six man tags and stuff again, then we'll, uh, we'll change our tune there. But yeah, it was, they beat up all of their adversaries and left them laying and power bomb did two triple power bombs, including one through a table. So, uh, it reminded me a lot of when uh when the rock came back for his first match in what was it, 7 years at the time yeah and uh him and john cena well first john cena beat up the miz and our truth by himself <laughs> and then on the go home show john cena and the rock beat up the miz and our truth um which led to a pretty disappointing buy rate for the rock coming back to wrestling for the first time <laughs> In a, in a decade, which I believe was put, I believe the blame was put squarely on our truth for some reason. For that, if I remember the uh, the observers at the time, it was like our truth and and the Miz, I guess the Miz too. But I mean, our, our truth, our truth star fell a lot further than Miz, even Mrs. did, as much as they killed the Miz for a couple of years there. Um, but yeah, so I it's, I I just thought like I don't I don't know why I'm okay. Well, the Shield got all their revenge now. But I guess we'll get to see them get more revenge, and there will be ladders and chairs involved. So that's fine. But and there's yeah, an, and I, there's another week. There's another week to get the heat, get the heat back on them. It's like that's that's kind of the weird thing to me. It's like we we only got a very short Shield babyface run a few years ago, and they never really ever had to sell that much. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. Uh, kind of got got into some wars, some back and forth, some wild brawls with the Wyatts and stuff, and and Evolution. But it's not like they ever, you know, were left laying all that much. It was always, at least to my recollection, it was always kind of just like brawls and stuff. It's like, are they gonna get laid out on on TV next week? I mean, they should, I guess. I mean, it's does that kind of defeat the purpose of the Shield, then? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would have just had like better opponents or or i wouldn't have had them at the very least i wouldn't have had them lay out brawn because at least then if you say miz has gone recruited brawn and i don't know if like if it was like brawn and samoa joe and i don't know what's what's scott steiner doing these days (laughs) running a (laughs) shoney yeah he is 
yes, let's go get Scott Steiner's. Uh, go get St- Scott Steiner uh, off the street. And uh, we can go. I mean, I don't know. If they had like a really big like heel triumvirate, if maybe if, as we talked about, if they had done like kind of a new evolution stable this past spring with like Joe and Hunter and Kevin Owens or somebody, and you had like these three monsters or these three really heavily pushed guys ready to face the shield, maybe it would feel more special. Like, but yeah, as it was, the shield came out, beat up, uh, beat up Cesaro and Sheamus and the Miz, and then they beat up Braun Strowman. So I, I don't feel like there's a lot of drama left in their, in their reunion at this point. I forgot to mention in talking about Shane and Kevin Owens that People Magazine was reporting that Shane was taken to the hospital as a shoot. (laughs) (laughs) They bought a story off WWE.com and were reporting it as a shoot and then later had to update that story. In other weird internet internet wrestling stories uh, this week. So apparently on Raw, the original main event, the originally scripted main event was Enzo Amore defeating Neville. Uh, not sure there are conflicting reports as to why that was changed to Callisto going over Enzo and winning the cruiserweight title. But Dave Meltzer confirmed that the match was changed and there are, are rumors going around that Neville walked out of raw. He basically pulled a CM punk (laughs) when told that he was (laughs) losing to Enzo and walked out. There are other reports that, um, say, well, don't trust that that source. And and Pro Wrestling Sheet is the closest thing to a legit source that has has run a story on this, at least as of the time we're recording. And they basically said, "Ah, I don't know what happened. But anyway, lots of of rumors going around about Neville. And I don't know, by the time uh, this thing gets posted to iTunes, maybe there will be some more clarity in the story you know, on Wednesday evening this week, but what are your thoughts on the, on the, on the Neville story? I mean, uh, it's interesting. Um, I, I could understand if he feels like, I mean, I guess the idea would be, he thinks this guy got to come out and bury me and call me ugly and call me short and tell me I was a loser who didn't do anything for this division. And he's the only star that matters. And then he's going to come back and beat me. And I could see him going, well, that's really stupid and it makes me look like a complete failure and I don't want to do that. Um, I mean, it's, it, it's, yeah, I mean, I could see that. I could see several of the cruiserweights in that cruiserweight division, you know, that they didn't have to do much acting when they were told to go out on Raw and pretend that they hate Enzo Amore. That would not surprise me. Or they don't, that they don't like Enzo Amore being the cruiserweight champion. Uh, so it's, I mean, it seems like a viable or a plausible story to me. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll have to look out for more specifics as, as the week goes on here, but, uh, Hey, Callisto got to do a good Lucha thing in the main event of Raw this week. He did. He did indeed. Global, global wrestling impact wrestling, global force wrestling. They launched their network this week. They're over the top streaming service and the website wasn't uh, secure. So if you gave them, (laughs) you gave them your credit card information, it was, it was like through a WordPress site. So it it could have, (laughs) could have easily been hacked. It's like there's, it's still 
it's just embedded in that company's DNA that they're going to do stuff like this forever. Yeah. <laughs> just terrible forever. Ring of Honor is doing something. I think it's called like the Soaring Eagle Cup. I can't believe I, I can't care about that. I'm sorry. I don't know what's because going on. Because of the name? Yes. The Soaring. It's got to be. It's got to be comedy. Is tournament. Jack Swagger not... involved? Is Jack Swagger's mascot involved? <laughs> Forgot about that guy. Oh gosh, Swagger Soaring Eagle. Oh my gosh. I don't know. ROH is running shows with like Glacier and Tugboat on them right now, yeah. so uh, I don't think they're making TV. But you know, I'm sure Jack Swagger could could uh, could could come on over and and uh, and do something in Ring of Honor these days. They got a lot of weird people just showing up to work Ring of Honor show these days. That's what happens when the son of a son of a plumber is uh, is your world <laughs> your world champ. We think about War Games coming back for NXT in Houston. Oh, of course, but they're doing the 1998 version that everyone hated, which I find fascinating. But the, all the other versions never really made any sense. That made sense. It's like <laughs> a, a first pin, pinfall. Like I, I don't know what the rules of any War Games were. <laughs> Well, from my understanding, everybody just fights until the last guy enters the cage, and then you that's, can start going for pinfalls and submissions. That's stupid. That's really stupid. I mean, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you, but that's. It obviously holds a very special place in the hearts of. If you were around, or if you were through the you know the glory of tape trading, if you have a love for that era of NWA or early WCW, this is a big deal to you. And I guess a lot of people were upset that they were doing the three-team thing. I, I mean, my thought is, how many good, like, really good to great workers are, are going to be in that match? Like, a lot. Eric Young, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, uh, Roderick Strong. Officers of Pain aren't bad either. And I don't think the, uh, the other guys from Sanity are, are slouches themselves. Like, like it just—it's impossible to me that this will not be like a really awesome match. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> as far as the rules for war games go, I'm not. Uh, I can't help you there. But uh, <laughs> mostly because mo- the the more modern war games have all been in TNA, and there was like weapons involved, and <sighs> the heels. I mean, the baby faces always had the man advantage. So every damn time. <laughs> Two things Sting. Uh, two things Vince Russo loved. It's trying to turn Sting heel, and uh, <laughs> and giving the baby faces the man advantage. <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's about all I got this week. You got anything else you want to get into? Am I missing anything? Am I forgetting anything? Uh, that's <laughs> great, Pod. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Uh, I guess we have uh, Andrade Almas challenging for the NXT Championship on the, the on this next the pick, uh, on this next big table. I guess they figure all the actual all the other guys who would challenge for it are in the War Games match. Um, all right. So I I don't know where that leaves guys like Johnny Gargano or uh, Cassius Ono or. Any of those guys that they just have sitting in Florida. By the way, oh, what I do need to talk about, we didn't talk about this, the Dolph Ziggler match on this stupid pay-per-view. 
that match. Oh, I completely forgot about that. So many things. And <laughs> yes. And I was like, it was the crowd was dead. Dolph slaps on a sleeper hold and he has the sleeper hold on him for like five minutes. And then Brood starts making his comeback. And I'm like, all right, we're going to get some action now. And then Dolph slaps on a second sleeper hold. And I flipped off my television. I screamed expletives. I was so mad at Dolph Ziggler on this show. Um, so, yeah, just, just as an aside, that Dolph Ziggler match was terrible. And why in God's name would you debut a guy like Bobby Roode and have his debut be mostly selling for Dolph Ziggler? I don't know, but it's just what they do. And, and he couldn't just win. He had to barely eke out a win, holding the tights, and then Dolph immediately beat him up to get his heat back. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess they got to have another match. No one, no, no one gets over. It's a no one gets over Great. special. Do we want to talk about the Young Bucks stuff? I know it's kind of old news at this point, but... I think you were upset that the Young Bucks got a cease and desist, and I'm, I, I'm oversimplifying here, but, and I mean, I'm like, well, I, I understand it. Oh, sure. I think anyone that has a understanding of copyright law understands why, and I don't think it's surprising that it happened. Uh, there was one thrown out, I believe, in 2015 when WWE first tried to trademark the actual hand gesture. Uh, they they failed in the, their attempt to trademark that hand gesture, but they were able to trademark 2D art of it. So they are, I mean, they're in the legal right there. And so they're, my, my only thought was, but it wasn't like they, did, they, they went after them when they first got this for the 2D art. No, they just got mad because the Young Bucks did a stupid YouTube sketch where they made fun of the fact that Raw had unsold tickets. So, like, I, my thought was I didn't understand why people – there was a certain percentage of wrestling fans that seemed overly gleeful about the fact that the, the WWE were kind of just being spiteful jerks. So that was my only point. They're, they're within their legal rights to do it. I'm not denying that. But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a little – I just thought the, the reactions, I thought, were a bit odd. That, that's fine. I mean, that, that's, that's reasonable. It's hard to have – I feel like it, it's less okay to have like nuanced. <laughs> Not everything's black and white. You know what I mean? Like you can have a nuanced opinion on something. <laughs> it's sure. like, oh yeah, I totally, I mean, you're saying that, yes, you totally understand copyright law and WWE was totally right to do what they did, but they're kind of jerks for doing it that way. And I'm like, well, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> don't begrudge them that, and I'm not, you know, the Young Bucks went to a WWE show and and were poking the bear. And, like, I'm not happy. I like those guys. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not happy about them. Right. I, you know, about them, you know, you know, get trying to get into a legal fight with WWE. I, and WWE trying to trademark the hand gesture two years ago was really, was really stupid. Particularly, <laughs> but, but. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It's just yeah. It's it's hard to have nuance to have a nuanced opinions and have it, you know, be okay. But it's yeah. I I see what you're saying there. I don't, and I can't disagree with with that. You say it. You know, it's that's 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 totally fine. You're 
you're you're not wrong. Like I'm sure they did it to I'm sure they did it to spite them, you know, because they went to their show and and you know did a skit. I don't know. This wasn't the most uh, nuanced episode of the show that we've ever done. It wasn't the most polished episode, but it was the 133rd one that we've done. So there's that, I guess. Anyway, that's all I got this weekend. Anything else? Oh, we. <laughs> We can't possibly go out any higher than that. (laughs) All right. Until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. So a story of encountering a, a wrestling fan in the wild this week. Oh, no. <laughs> I went to, we went to, uh, Anna and I went to, uh, the mall on Monday. We had off for Columbus day <laughs> and, uh, I went to, uh, like a lids or one of those kind of places mm-hmm. and, uh, I bought a couple hats and uh, as soon as I, and I was wearing a, a legit boss shirt. Mm-hmm. I walk in and the roughly uh, early 20s African-American woman working at the store is like, oh, man, I love your shirt. That is awesome. And I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. And kind of, you know, mm-hmm. didn't really know how serious it went. And then like we went to check, I went to check out and we ended up having this detailed conversation about the pay-per-view the night before and how we're both going to go to raw, you know, or we're going to raw when, when they come at the end of the month and, and, uh, Kevin Owens might end up on raw and, uh, she followed the, the podcast Twitter account and, uh, I got that plug in there, but yeah, it was a nice, fairly normal, uh, (laughs) wrestling, wrestling fan interaction in the wild. It's like, it wasn't, wasn't with someone that was like, um, breathing through their mouth or someone that was wearing like that looks like i don't know 
uh, Jim Cornette, or <laughs> like it was, it was just a nice, that nice Lucia thing. The, good convers- Lucia thing. <laughs> the conversation was not on the spectrum, one might say. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was awesome. Okay. It was obviously, I mean, everyone in, in, I was nerdy, she was nerdy. It was cool, but it was really cool. Right. Except, yeah, you know. And obviously, we have the same favorite wrestler, which is totally normal for you know someone obviously in Sasha Banks' demographic, and uh, and for the young lady as well. <laughs> Absolutely, nothing. <laughs> Honestly, after the Foley thing about Stephanie this week, you're gonna you're gonna have to really shot me to get me to cringe the way I cringe reading like- that. Like, why doesn't he just write, I want to have sex with her? <laughs> like, 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 it would be much less awkward if Mick Foley just wrote, I want to have sex with Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> right? I, yeah. When he wrote the article and Natalia won the title about her smile. Oh. It would be less creepy if he was like, I, I put a knife in my arm and then I wrote a poem in my own blood. Like, it would be less... <laughs> Because then you'd be like, oh, okay, now we know he's self-aware. <laughs> right. Nope. No. He just... Not an ounce. Like... <laughs> this man has had a lot of head trauma. I'm very concerned. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's like getting mad at the guy from Of Mice and Men or something. Like, I don't... <laughs> that's oh, probably... Gosh. That's not fair. He's an accomplished author. But... <laughs> <laughs> and Stephanie wrote him a dynamite forward. <laughs> I'm sure it was great. I'm sure he wanted to have I'm sex sure with it, it and it was done. Uh, I'm sure it was her, by the way, and not her, you know, 31 year old personal assistant, uh, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can't even like fake cringing at your, at your Sasha stuff anymore because <laughs> it would just be inauthentic. <laughs> It's very mild. It's very mild compared to. <laughs> it's on the spectrum, as you might say, but it's not. <laughs> and again, there's a certain not... self awareness when you talk about that stuff. Of course, because I understand. I understand. But yeah. I'm not, you know, I'll, hopefully, hopefully I'll never go full folly. <laughs> we can only hope. I try to keep on keeping on.